When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another edition of the Curtain Call Podcast. Yes, uh, the Steelers lost. Season's over. Know your enemy uh, comes to an end because there's no more enemies to get to know. Except really, I guess we're doing one more enemy. That being the Steelers being their worst enemy on this first edition of the Curtain Call for the uh, 2022 offseason. My name is Michael Beck, your deputy editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And my co-host, as always, and uh, my only partner in crime uh, this evening, one Mr. Jeffrey Benedict. Jeffrey, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing good, Michael. I'm doing good. Recovered. As they could say, from the disappointment of Sunday. Yeah, that's something I wanted to say too. Is like, if we had to do the show on Monday, I feel like I'd be pretty bitter uh, and like just pretty short and snappy when having to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I think enough time has passed to really kind of digest not only that loss, but kind of more so the season as a whole. Um, a, a team that never had an identity, a, a team that just that should have lost way more games than it did, but they ended up winning a bunch, which, again, they never should have in the first place, but they did. Um, just overall, the season's over. That game was brutal. What what will you remember most about uh, the 2021-22 Steelers? I'll remember that they, I mean, start of the season, I predicted that they would somehow go either like they would, they would find a way to still go 500. They almost did it, but that was before the Alu Alu injury, the Devin Bush injury, TJ Watt missing games, uh, injuries on the offensive line. Like this team honestly surprised me and, and they had, they showed a lot of heart. It, it reminds me quite a bit of the 2019 team more I think I'll remember this one more like the 2019 season uh, than like like the 2018 season or even the 2020 season, which despite going 12-4 and four and winning the division felt like a real disappointment at the end. This did not, outside of like that game stunk to watch through like the, the second half was just awful. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think it's in the long term. I'm going to remember it much more like that 2019 season, like the like that kind of gritty this team won more than they should have. I think for me, uh, obviously the first thing that kind of jumps to mind or really gets the first two things is Big Ben's last run and TJ Watt breaking the sack record. Like those things are going to stand out to me. But I think what I'm really going to like remember from this season was like how bad the offense was and like how hard it was to watch them when they came on the field. Like, like it, it genuinely, like it was hard. Like, so yeah, here comes the like the defense was bad. They're getting gashed on the ground. They're they're searching out for Chris Warmly and uh, whoever that not named Cam Hayward and TJ Watt, and they're running the ball straight at him. If offensively it was so much worse than that, but for you, Jeff, I can jump in on the offense. Can I jump in on that? Go for it, sure. Okay, so this is I, I'm doing a stats breakdown on all kinds of things about the team, right? I'm looking at all this stuff, and uh, one thing I ran across is if you go by the first quarter. Drives that occur in the first quarter, the Steelers have the lowest yards per drive, the least time per drive. They have like the uh, highest turnover, one of the highest turnover rates, lowest scoring percentage. They were like the worst offense in the NFL in the first quarter, just 
straight up. And the Steelers' defense was one of the best in the first quarter outside of, like, drives off turnovers. So it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, that's something I'm going to dive into more. But as much as we saw this season, I, I think the biggest deal, and we saw it kill the team in the wildcard game, was the offense just starting so slowly and find, taking half the game to figure out how to get first downs and move the ball. Yeah, the first half specifically was hard to watch in every game. Uh, before I load up this super chat, uh, I saw a stat today, uh, which ran on the BTSC Facebook page, that if the Steeler games ended after the third quarter, they would be three and fourteen this year. That that's tied for the second worst record in football with the Houston Texans. If the games end in the third quarter, they would have been picking third overall. That that's what we'd be talking about right now. But for whatever reason, they were able to turn things on late in games. But um, we should get to this uh, super chat because it actually uh, does have a, a lot to do with the, the curtain call itself. This comes from Ryan Jeffords. He puts four ninety nine in the tip jar. He says, what part of the offseason do you all usually start getting into the draft and such? Well, I can tell you that once uh, the Super Bowl has drawn to a close, Jeffrey and I, as uh, kind of our interview show, We'll have our weekly guests once again. We'll be bringing in uh, experts from uh, every single uh, collegiate program with uh, a decent level of prospects. And I think this year specifically, those with quarterback options, um, we'll start to, to uh, look into those schools, bringing in uh, experts from those programs and really diving into uh, the prospects that we need to know as Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Like uh, we had guests on from Alabama. We knew all about uh, Najee Harris last year. We talked to guys from Penn State. We knew about Pratt Fryermuth and uh, uh, Trey Norwood was t- brought up like a, a bunch of these names we did talk about in the show before they're drafted and not just the first round picks, but guys that ended up going throughout the draft for the Steelers. So something to watch out for. And I would say for me specifically, I wouldn't get too crazy into draft talk and really, really doing deep dives into the draft. If you're a Steelers fan until free agency is over. And the reason why I want to say that is because this is a Steelers team unlike any other. This team is going to be completely readjusted this offseason. They have a ton of holes, a ton of cap space, a ton of means to create even more cap space, and probably sit close to $70 million. By the time free agency starts, if they really wanted to get to that amount, they can quite easily with like four moves. So there's going to be a huge amount of turnover, and they have to, they have to partake in free agency. This isn't a year where they can't just do the Steeler thing, sign a, a vet here and there, and then wait for the draft to come along. They don't have that option. They have too much, too many things to fill. And speaking of kind of that, like that negative sense where the Steelers have a lot of holes, Jeffrey, what was for the Steelers? What was their biggest issue this year? What was their number one problem? I know there's a lot, but what was the, the one thing that they have to try to figure out this offseason? I think field goal holding. Oh, okay. Uh, was a really, no. No, not at all. Um, I make that joke because Mike Tomlin always brings up the holding for field goals. It's ridiculous to me. But anyways, um, no, I think it's the defensive line. I think the defensive mm. line has to take number one. I know a lot of people look at the inside linebackers and say they didn't have a very good season. Uh, I look more at the defensive line. When when you've got a offensive line double team, putting a defensive lineman right into the inside linebackers lap while they're trying to figure out what gaps they're supposed to hit. And it's like, you're done. You're done from the start. If Devin Bush has a 300 pound blocker on him, if Robert Spillane has a 300 pound blocker, if Joe Schobert has a 300 pound blocker in their face, they're doing exactly nothing on that play. That's what's going to happen. Any offensive lineman worth their salt can take out an inside linebacker, right? Michael, like, seriously, if you're an offensive lineman and you're like, you are on that double team and you're peeling off to get the linebacker, what's your expected success rate on that maneuver? Typically not that high. They're like, they're fast, shifty guys. They're supposed to get around you, you know? Like, uh, you're, you're supposed to get in their way and let the running back cut off you, honestly. But, okay. um, yeah, no, like, if you get your hands in linebacker, though, you win. It's it's like, for yeah. me, like, you you peel off that double team, you, you get both your hands on the steering wheel of those shoulder pads, it's over. Hitting a yeah. linebacker doesn't hurt. It's fun. They're little. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But uh, I guess kind of building off that, obviously uh, the Steelers' defense did have some significant issues. Uh, w- would you say that the the linebacking core of Devin Bush, Robert Spillane, and Joe Schobert needs to be uh, kind of added upon? Because I know uh, 
the kind of the starters regressed and Spillane has his warts, but he's probably like our heaviest hitter. Um, do you kind of foresee either of those two linebackers getting moved on from? Robert Spillane is like your number three or number four linebacker, right? He's not a starter. He's not that guy. He is a special teams. He's phenomenal on special teams. He's special teams ace. Uh, and that's what he's here for. And to be depth. The fact that they were putting him in as a rotation was a testament to two things. One, Devin Bush being hurt and kind of a shell of his former self. He was not at all the player we saw in 2019 or 2020. And then Joe Schobert being a disappointment. He had a few good games. There were some things he did well. But overall, it was like another Avery Williamson or John Bostic. It's another one of those guys that you're like, yeah, if you're desperate, they're a starter. If not, they're a backup. Like Joe Schobert should be your backup. But there's enough bad linebackers out there that he's a starter in this league. He just And if the Steelers let him go, someone else is going to start him somewhere. But he's going to be one of the less good options to start at inside linebacker. So I believe they definitely need to add. Uh, I, I, I don't think they need to replace Devin Bush. I think they need to hope that Devin Bush can get healthy and get some of his speed and his quickness back. That's what you got to hope for. But if you fix the off the defensive line in front of him and he gets a little bit of his speed back, he's going to be fine. He's mostly a coverage guy. You need someone to compliment him. And in this season, they really needed a Vince Williams, right? You need someone that actually can take on an offensive lineman, but they didn't have that. Uh, This one coming in from Andrew Wilbar puts two bucks in the tip jar says, do you guys think warmly as in Chris warmly has any trade value? Um, I can start off with that. I I would say no. Um, most, most guys don't have much, like even your star players go for much less in the NFL than, uh, what you would anticipate they could go for in a trade. It, it just, it's just one of those things. The only thing that has any value is draft picks. Um, uh, players hardly ever, um, get, uh, get anything. I, I know the Steelers had to give, give away a fifth. I believe it was for warmly. Um, but again, he was still kind of starting for that Ravens team. I, I know he ended up starting a bunch for the Steelers this year, but, his tape as a run defender, it's it's not going to get him any looks anywhere. I, I know he put up what five sacks it was this year, but you don't you don't really have a, a three four defensive end that you just put on the field for third third down and obvious passing situations. It just isn't. It's it's not a, it's not a position. It's not a role, and that's kind of what Chris Wormley is. So if you have room for him on your depth chart, then like you can fit him on your team, but no one's trading for him. Uh, like there's, there's a chance he gets released if, if Elvin's healthy on the Steelers next year. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how everything works out. Uh, I know that uh, just shocked Jeffrey Benedict, but if Alu back, like he said, he would be, uh, if Stefan to it, that, that's one of the huge question marks of this offseason. If he comes back, Cam Hayward had another career year, first team all pro again. Um, we saw what uh, Montrevious Adams could do. Uh, we had to learn his name because of uh, how good he kind of played down the stretch and so on and so forth. Isaiah Loudermilk's developing. Like, how much room is there for an old guy that you can only play on passing situations? So it's it, it's one of those spots where it, it's kind of hard to judge until we really know what's going to happen with the other guys on the defensive line that didn't play this year. So it's one of those things we kind of have to sit back a little bit. But kind of working things out now uh, and looking at the, the corner spots. Steelers obviously have two free agents who ended up being their starting boundary corner or outside corners, I should say this year uh, in Akella Witherspoon and Joe Hayden. Of course, Witherspoon played great against Kansas city. Uh, Joe Hayden, I, I believe I saw a stat line where he was kind of torched up a bit in that playoff game. Um, what would you say happen happens here uh, at this position, Jeffrey, uh, are the Steelers uh, going to have to actually try to sign a free agent or go to the draft again, which has proven them no favors. Uh, what happens with the, the starting corners and what, uh, what do they got to do in the spot? Well, I think you see Joe Hayden brought back, but that depends on how much money he's gonna he's gonna get. I I think one good if you're looking at the money side of it and saying Joe Hayden, you know, is he gonna be willing to take a possible non-starting role, slide inside the nickel or just be the nickel corner, something like that? Uh like we've talked about the Deshay Townsend kind of route. If he's willing to do that and take less money, uh I think his injury his slow recovery and how noticeably slower he was when he came back. Like he was a little slower, wasn't quite as quick and he wasn't as good when he came back from his injury. 
uh, as he had been earlier in the season and not, and that wasn't even as good as he was in 2020 and 2019. Uh, he is definitely slowing down, but I think he's a guy you can put in the nickel. You can put somewhere where you don't have to be quick. You know, he's still, he can move as well as Arthur Millette can, you know, he can do that kind of stuff easily. He's great in run support. Uh, I'd love to see Joe Hayden in the nickel. I know the Steelers would love that leadership. Joe Hayden is a phenomenal person to have in the room. We've had Minka Fitzpatrick rave about him, talking about how like he's never seen someone love football the way Joe Hayden just loves playing football. Uh, he's a great leader. Fantastic. Everyone respects him. Everyone loves him around the league. He's a great person to have in that room, especially when you have an Akella Witherspoon who has been a starter before, seen some good stretches, and then seen that fall off, right? If we're hoping maybe this guy, it's it's finally time he's going to turn this on and maybe have like three or four good years before, you know, he gets starts getting older. That's the kind of guy you want in that room. Uh, but everything, in my opinion, I think they bring back Witherspoon. I, I think everything beyond that centers around how much money Joe Hayden gets and and whether he's on this team. Because if he's on this team, you can roll in the next season. With those guys, maybe add a young guy, hope Trey Norwood keeps developing, you know, see what James Pierre does in a bounce-back role after, you know, having a good start and then kind of falling apart. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. This is going to be one of the things where the free agent market isn't great, um, the draft, it, it, it's the Steelers kryptonite. Like they could draft someone that seems like a surefire guy and they just fall apart. It, it's just been one of those spots where uh, whatever reason, it's like the Patriots and the receivers, they, they just can't figure it out. Or the Raiders with first round picks, like they can't figure it out. Um, so it, it's going to be, again, one of those things. Uh, the corner spot is going to be very tricky and it comes down to bringing those guys back. But before we move on to kind of like the, the next, next spot on this team, what do you think happens with this corner spot? Is it exactly the way it was? Is that okay? Can they roll in the next year with the same bodies at corner, or should they add someone somewhere? Well, this is a good this is a good topic. This hits right where right where I like to talk. Um, you know, I'm a big Terrell Austin fan, and I'm all in on the Steelers' defensive backfield. Their coverage schemes, their secondary has been much different since Terrell Austin came onto this team, and what I believe is kind of a co-defensive coordinator role where he kind of does the schemes. He does the coverage. He does the secondary and let's keep Butler do the front, you know, the defensive front where he's really good. Uh, he brought in Steven Nelson. That's he, Steven Nelson came in the year. Terrell Austin came in. Steven Nelson worked out well. James Pierre was an undrafted free agent. We've gotten more out of him. Then we've gotten out of some of our higher draft picks. We've gotten more quality play out of James Pierre than out of quite a number of like third round picks and above. We've gotten good play. Cameron Sutton in, in a couple of seasons has gone from like a good reserve to one of the best fourth number four cornerbacks in the NFL to a number two cornerback in just a couple of seasons under Trevor Austin. We see this year he drafts Terry Norwood. Trey Norwood stepped in and was really good. We He did a good job on Travis Kelsey for half the game. Like, that's pretty impressive. Seventh-round pick rookie. He's not elite. He's not a top-tier guy. But he, can, he covered Terrell – you know, he covered Kelsey for a while. I'm interested because I think this is a year we draft somebody. I'm thinking of, this is kind of where you get that third, fourth round cornerback. You even second round, somewhere in there. And it's going to be very interesting to see what the Steelers are able to do with that position. Now that they kind of look like a team that can suddenly acquire defensive backs and not be cursed. Uh, maybe cross your fingers, lucky rabbit's feet, paint them black and gold, put them up on your wall. <laughs> I don't know what you got to do. But I think this is that year where it's kind of like, eh, maybe maybe the curse is broken. And I think oh. the Steelers go for it. <laughs> that would be nice. Oh, man. Another missed cornerback pick. Whew. That would be uh, – that would be – that surely would be something. But yeah. I 
we know how good Minka Fitzpatrick is and TJ Watt is and Alex Highsmith developed and even the, even the backup outside linebackers. I, I feel like you, I, I have no problem bringing Tuscan Charlton back, but I, I guess the only other spot of real question here on this defense is what the Steelers do with Trill Edmonds. Uh, he's a free agent. He just played the best season of his career. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to have a giant market in free agency, but like he would, people would want him on their team. He's been getting better as the years gone by. Uh, do the Steelers keep Edmonds in black and gold, or would you look to do something else to strong safety? Uh, I want him on this team. He is a great compliment to Minka Fitzpatrick. His deep zone defense has greatly improved. The Steelers felt free to have Minka Fitzpatrick come forward and Terrell Edmonds play deep, even sometimes in single high safety, where he was ridiculously bad in early 2019. I've talked about this before, but the first game Minka Fitzpatrick was on the Steelers, they were alternating him and Terrell Edmonds as the deep middle safety. And Edmonds was just like, he had no clue what he was doing back there. He'd never played that. He didn't know what it was. He's gotten so much better that that he is now in that discussion of, of he can be a Ryan Clark uh, to Minka Fitzpatrick's Troy Polamalu. And his evidence we know the secondary had struggles this year. We know that the, the talent drop, we know that, you know, just in the fact that Cameron Sutton, he was a good number two, but he was our number four. Mike Hilton was gone. We never really replaced him in the slot. There was no one who really did very well in the slot. And teams couldn't throw deep on us. And it wasn't just Minka. It was Minka and Terrell Edmonds. Because early, early on when Minka first came, when they split and they did two cover two, Teams would just throw on Terrell Edmonds' side. They didn't do that this year. That slowed down last year, and this year, teams didn't mess with him. Uh, he is becoming a really good safety. He's becoming the guy the Steelers drafted him to be a, a versatile problem solver who can man up on just about anybody, can come up and be a linebacker against the run, an extra linebacker kind of player in the box, and be a deep zone safety. He can do all of it. And he covers an incredible amount of territory and zone because of his speed, his, his ridiculous athleticism. He's a guy the Steelers really need to keep. Uh, and the market might not be like terrible for him. He's not going to get big money. You know, no one's going to be pursuing him. There's not going to be a bidding war. But if you have a young safety who's best cover one or cover two kind of guy, and you need someone to just, take all the other work away from him, that's Terrell Edmonds. That's what the Steelers originally drafted him to do. His role kind of changed under Minka because Minka is also versatile. But he's that guy. So there could be a decent market for him. Uh, but I definitely want to see the Steelers keep Terrell Edmonds. Uh, and they can probably do it reasonably because of the team situation, the familiarity, playing with Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, Terrell Edmonds seems like a guy. I don't think he's a guy who's going to, you know, be out there forcing a bidding more. Now, we definitely need to spend some time talking about the offense because for as many flaws as there were on the defense, the offense, you could multiply that by 10, even though there's 11 starters on a football team. Uh, it was as bad an, as an offensive performance as uh, you may ever see uh, in the really the history of football. The Steelers were bad, very bad. Uh, I think the play calling was bad. I think the offensive line talent was terrible. I think Ben Roethlisberger looked bad. The receivers had drops. There was issues. Uh, Jeffrey, I, I know you said uh, for the team, the defensive line is the one thing they need to fix. But offensively, what was the worst thing that this offense was faced with? What what do they have to, they have to fix? I need, I need to put huge caveats on this hmm. uh, because it's going to sound – much harsher towards a very certain individual that I don't mean to dump everything on, right? But the problem is Ben Roethlisberger got old. That's the problem. He was hurt and he wasn't himself anymore. This is a team that built the offense around Ben Roethlisberger being great. The entire offense was built around, that offensive line was built around Ben Roethlisberger's great. All those receivers we brought in, they are all good while Ben Roethlisberger was really good. I've seen stuff talk about Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool, you know, and James Washington. They're not, you know, like great like the Steelers used to be a wide receiver factory, and now they're not. And it's like, well, yeah, Ben Roethlisberger got old. 
Like, it's not like you can run a decent route and he's going to put a laser beam on your hands, right? Right in stride anymore. Now you've got to make plays uh, because he's not that guy anymore. And that's really what happened. Uh, we had a, we had a, at our Slack channel, people were talking and uh, one of the guys from behind talking. the steel curtain. Yes. It was a great conversation. I believe, I believe our uh, editor in chief, Jeff Hartman said uh, we were worse than Steelers Twitter, which is pretty bad as you know, Michael. Uh, but we're talking, and uh, I, man, I lost my train of thought right there. But someone said, found it again. Someone said we needed to have a better run game. We needed to be built like to support him better. And I was like, yeah, we needed more of what we had, like his rookie contract. You know, before 2008, when that line all got hurt, 2004, 2005, 2006, we needed that kind of an offense around this Ben Roethlisberger. But the problem is this team for a long time was built for the 2014 to 2018 Ben Roethlisberger. That's not who we had the last two seasons. Uh, And I really think you saw the Steelers try to like say, sit down and say, okay, for the next quarterback, we need to rebuild the offensive line, get a run game going, put it that kind of situation again that Ben had early on. And you can see it. Najee Harris running back, Pat Fryermuth. They went and got two offensive linemen. You know, they're they're building for that. But at the same time, if it all works out, Ben Roethlisberger has what he needs to be great again, to still be productive. Uh, but he doesn't – his physical his physical ability degraded. Uh, Ike Taylor came back, came on our uh, podcasts. He was interviewed by Behind the Steel Curtain. And he said, uh, Ben Roethlisberger coming back from missing time, what he brought was above the neck. That's what he was going to bring was his experience and his knowledge, his awareness. That's what he brought. What he didn't have was the same level of physical ability. And when it came down to, especially at the Chiefs, when everything else fell apart, when the run game struggled, when the receivers weren't completely that great, and it's like, we need the quarterback to kind of carry us. He's not that dude. He couldn't do it anymore. Like he could, you know, four or five years ago, he could do it. That's the problem with this offense. So to me, that's what happened is the offense didn't fit the quarterback anymore. This was an offense that could just rely on Ben Roethlisberger being great. And they suddenly couldn't. And so to me, there's a lot of problems on this offense because you have to re you got to get a new identity. Something they talked about this past offseason was, you know, getting that toughness, that nastiness, being a run-first team kind of thing. They It didn't work out. They still got a long ways to go to pull that off. Now, I think we need to spend a little bit of time on that quarterback question uh, because it's something that's going to be greatly talked about throughout the entire offseason, throughout all of next season, for that matter, and all of next offseason, next next offseason. It's going to be greatly talked about regardless of what the Steelers do here. Uh, and before I even ask you the question, like for me, scrolling Steelers Twitter, you could find a thousand people that think Kenny Pickett is the next great NFL quarterback. You could find a thousand people that would tell you they suck. You'd find a thousand people that think Aaron Rodgers is amazing. A thousand people that, that say, no way, don't want him on my team. Supporters for Hal, uh, critics for Hal, supporters for Ritter, critics for Ritter, supporters for Carson Strong. Uh so on and so forth. Every single quarterback. There's no consensus. Steeler fans, like you can, you can literally be the, like talk about duality of men. You could be in any Steelers uh, related tweet. You look at the replies. You can see one person being like, "Oh, the Steelers get Kenny Pickett. They're winning the Super Bowl like five of the next ten years." The next tweet could be Pickett sucks. Don't like stay the heck away from that guy. He's not doing dud like diddly for your team. They're like tiny that. Hands. It, yeah. Yeah, like, what am I going to do with my hands? But still, <laughs> that's what it is. It's going to be wild. And even in, in this group chat or in the chat and the live chat here tonight, uh, there's there's names that are being thrown around that I've already seen dozens of people be like, no, that guy sucks. And dozens of people being like, no, that guy's great. And, like, that's what it's going to be until we see someone play. But for the Pittsburgh Steelers, someone has to start a quarterback next year. Someone right now. Like before we get there, if Ben Roethlisberger's truly retired and technically he doesn't have a contract, of the guys under contract is just Mason Rudolph. Right now, Mason Rudolph's your starting quarterback next year. Things could change. They they could pick up the RFA deal on Dwayne Haskins, which seems pretty obvious. 
Um, they could draft someone. They could sign someone. They could trade for someone. I don't see them trading multiple first-round picks, especially with uh, Colbert on his way out. I, I couldn't see him uh, doing that to a team on his way out. So, Jeffrey Benedict, what the heck are the Steelers doing at quarterback this offseason? I, I have seen so many, so many people talk about options for for that position. And man, I'm just going to stick with what I've stuck with the whole time. They are going to bring in a veteran and they are going to put this into a competition. It's going to be Haskins, Rudolph, and I don't know, someone. If if, Joe, if Jacoby Brissett comes back from his injury looking good, it could be him. It could be a Tyrod Taylor. It could be someone like that that could really be the mobile quarterback in his system. It could be someone like a Mitchell Trubisky who's sat on the Bills bench and everyone, you know, it could be any of these guys. I've seen Gardner Minshew or Mishnu brought Minshew. up. <laughs> Minshew, yeah, you know, like the other Duck Hodges. I, like, it could be him, you know. I Who knows who it's going to be, but it – the odds on favorite for me is still Mason Rudolph. And I want to I wanna put in some caveats here. 2019, when Juju Smith-Schuster and Mason Rudolph was, were together, Juju Smith-Schuster was on pace for over 1,000 yards that season. Ben's gone. The offense has been terrible. All that stuff. Juju Smith-Schuster was on pace for a really good season before he got hurt in that Browns game. Chase Claypool, one game with Mason Rudolph, 105 yards, one of his 300-yard games he has in his career, and it was the only game he played with Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph didn't have in the other games. The game that Mason Rudolph played where he was bad, didn't have Juju, did not have Chase Claypool. I think he has a chance to be a lot better than we're expecting him to be. Because we remember when things were bad in 2019. Not the early season where the offense was not horrible. Scoring more points than we did this year. right? So a lot of our games this year, we scored less than Mason Rudolph did in 2019 with that offense. And if they get the run game going, if they get Najee Harris going with Pat Fryermuth, Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster comes back, that's a team Mason Rudolph could have some success with. Uh, that's a team Dwayne Haskins might be able to have some success with. And we might see kind of a, you know, Tommy Mattis, Cordell Stewart, Kent Graham, kind of, you know, Bill Cowher when he used to rotate quarterbacks, kind of almost based on his mood at times. Like we could see that kind of a situation going on in Pittsburgh as they bridge to the next guy. And I think it will be a bridge. I don't think the next quarterback is coming in this year. Yeah, I really wouldn't be surprised by that in the slightest. Um, I already see the live chat exploding with the hate for Mason Rudolph and bringing up that Detroit Lions game. But, like, once again, they're a Deontay Johnson fumble or a Pat Farmuth fumble away from winning that game. Like, I'm not blaming Mason Rudolph for uh, tying a game that was in a monsoon in, in an ugly day at Heinz Field. Like, yeah, it sucks. Uh, it sucks they tied that game. Uh, Detroit would go on to uh, beat uh, – Wait, did they beat Arizona, who was, like, undefeated yeah. at that point, And they absolutely beat the barn doors off them? So, like, it's still the NFL. Like, they're still the best players in the world. But, like, yeah, no, I understand why people would be upset with having Mason Rudolph as your starter. But, like, I, I feel like that's probably also what ends up happening. The Steelers load up their roster and have a year, perhaps, of Mason and Dwayne going back and forth. And perhaps insert other name here. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the route they went. I think for me, though, you still need elite quarterback play to win championships. I, like, I'm okay for a year of that. Uh, if if the Steelers' starting quarterback in 2023 is still Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins, I, I feel like the, then you're just stuck in the mud. Uh, you mm -hmm. Go look over at, at the mistake by the lake up there, uh, the Cleveland Browns. They have one of the best rosters in football and have had that for a couple years. Who's their worst starter? Baker Mayfield. He is terrible holding their team back. They're a team that needs to look for a quarterback, but hey, is their first overall pick. You, you can't move on from that guy. So for me, 
you can do the thing with Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins, load up your roster, which I think to me, what the Steelers have to do this year, create that money, build a dynamic roster, fix the old line, add some uh, pieces at receiver, add a backup running back, uh, clog the holes on the defensive line, try to add a corner, all things they can do because they have tons of cash and they're able to do this. Build a great team, build a great team. Yep. You, you could draft a quarterback th- this year in the first round. If you think Kenny Pickett, if you're Kevin Colbert, you think Kenny Pickett is, is the, the next guy. You think he is the best prospect and he's there at 20? Take him. Take him and give him the best roster you possibly can give him. One of the things that would be a huge mistake is if the Steelers were to like flip a first-round pick for like Jimmy Garoppolo or, or three for Aaron Rodgers, and then th- they don't do anything with the rest of the roster. Now they're out, out draft picks and you're just going to have an expensive quarterback running for their life behind a terrible offensive line. I am okay with the Steelers going into 2022, 2023, having spent a ton of cash on their old line. Like to me, they could sign four new starter caliber players. That's fine by me. They can replace like four. They could replace five names. I would be okay with that. This old line, that's how bad they've been. And rolling with Mason Rudolph. Najee Harris behind a good offensive line. What's stopping him for averaging hundred yards a game? What's stopping him from having a two thousand yard season? Like, there's no like. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I know you yeah, want to insert on this. Go ahead. I'm gonna say, and we started to see that when the Steelers went on a four game win streak, they had five games in a row of a hundred yards rushing or more. They had a four game win streak. Partway into the Detroit Lions game, Kevin Dotson goes down. They put in B.J. Finney. The entire run game falls completely apart, and the the team can't win. And we struggled from there on. We started to see signs of that. Uh, And with the offensive line, like you're talking about, they could replace all five. I want to get your thoughts on this. What What do you think of Kevin Dotson coming back? Dan Moore Jr. in his second season. And lastly, should the Steelers give Kendrick Green a second year at center, uh, give him a chance to have that maybe a J.C. Hassenhauer level leap in the second year? Give, give I, want, I want your thoughts on this, Mike. On, on giving guys chances? I, I know that's yeah. one of my favorite Put things to the, talk about. Hey, man. Put hey, him in the right, right spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, for uh, just inside jokes between uh, between <laughs> good buddies. But anyway, your, your Steelers love tackle at Dan Moore. <laughs> when I'm talking about replacing four guys, the fifth guy that I'm cool with rolling into next year is Dan Moore. And why? He got progressively better as the year went on. Kendrick Green yeah. did not. Kevin Dotson, like there was reports early in the in the season that he was out of shape. He he definitely didn't look great early on in the year. He got a little bit better, then he got hurt, and he missed the rest of the year. Is that a guy you can count on for 17 games? He's struggled at times. It's, it's just one of those things. The offensive line is so important that yeah. I, I am more than willing for the Steelers and, like, totally acceptable. If they went out and signed two guards and – if if by an act of God Tyler Linderbaum was available at twenty, you're you're damn right. Those two free agents and Linderbaum are my starting interior three. I don't care. Dotson, thank you for your service. You can be our backup, or we could trade you. Like, sorry, like I, I would not be upset with that whatsoever. As for Kendrick Green, I know a lot of people would be like shifting the guard. I know, heck, even Mike Tomlin brought up that he's position flexibility. And me, right there, that's a smoking gun that they're going to look for a center this year because he struggled so much and. Tomlin basically, without saying it, Hassenhauer beat him for the job. And even then, Hassenhauer isn't that great as a center. The Steelers will have a new center next year, period. It won't be Kendrick Green. And I am someone who just doesn't think Kendrick Green has the physical intangibles to be a starter in the NFL. We could could probably do a full full show on this. Uh, I think his arms are too short. Uh, I I think like the way his body's built, like I think he might be a little too top heavy. And one of the reasons why he gets blown back is like, I know he squats 700 pounds, but he he still gets pushed back into the laps of quarterback. And and that's the worst thing across your whole offensive line. If someone's going to get driven back, you can't, it can't be your center. That's what consistently happens. I'm okay with admitting, Hey, that was a bad pick. We need to find someone else. Like, whoops, we screwed up our third round pick. Guess what? They screwed up a lot of third round picks. Justin Lane. Kendrick Green, okay, it's, it's just another one. Like, I am okay with moving on from any of these guys. Like, to me, I think Dan Moore Jr., 
deserves the opportunity. I think you need to improve improve upon a Chooks core for. I, I feel like Chooks is just a below average starter on your offensive line. He can start in the NFL, but he's he's not he's not the average echelon. He's not above average. And you need to push the envelope. You can't settle for below average at any spot. That that's just the, the way the league is. And like that's kind of what, what they have at that right tackle. Like Trey Turner, he said he wants to come back. I do not want Trey Turner back as a Pittsburgh Steeler next year. You're getting old. You're also undersized. I'm sorry. We're moving on. To me, like I, I look, I look at the free agents from the teams that are already like millions of dollars uh, above the sa- the salary cap bar and are going to have to shed money and have to move on from players. And then look at guys who are like in their twenties. There, there's a number of names like Austin Corbett from the LA Rams. That's got to be the Steelers' top target. Like that, that's a starting guard for you. You can sign. He's 26 years old. You can sign that guy to a five year deal. No problem. Like, like these are the moves the Steelers have to make. Like, they have to be willing to move on from this this rest of the offensive line. I know I can stand on this this uh, this soapbox for probably for hours, really, and, and and just talk about like what the issues were here. But aside from that, I think the Steelers also need to find a, a good old line coach. Uh, like, I know Fangio was fired, was he not? I think so. so. Yeah, yeah, Denver needs a head coach. Does that not mean Munchak's available technically? Could if be. Munch is available, I'm I if I'm the Steelers, I'm spending I'm spending money. I'm getting Munch <laughs> back. Like if he wants to coach the NFL, welcome back with open yeah. arms. Like we'll mm-hmm. get on our hands and knees to welcome you back. Run game coordinator, you got it. Yep. I, that's just some of the things for me. Like in your perspective, what do the Steelers have to do in this offensive line? I think. I think you're right about Kendrick Green. I, I want to give him time, uh, but I think that time comes as the like interior offensive line backup. You can like the BJ Finney. He he's as good as BJ Finney. Kendrick Green is as good as BJ Finney was this year. He could be that interior line backup guy. Compete with JC Hassenauer for it. You know, and that would give him some time. That would give him time to to maybe figure things out and maybe he turns out in two years to be a good center. Who knows? Uh, but I do agree. I do agree. That's a position, man. If, if, if Lindenbaum drops, like you, you kind of won me over there. That's, that's the guy. I also agree. Dan Moore. Yes. I think, I think you can live with Chooks for in Matt Canada's offense. Tackles are not as important as guards that are mobile and powerful if we get a really good guard, we get a really good center. Like if you say you get a free agent guard and you somehow land Linderbaum, Dotson comes back with his head screwed on straight or, you know, just playing well. You can roll with Chooks. If if the people inside are, you know, plus guys, if they're if they're better than just holding their own and they're creating problems for the defense, you can roll with Chooks. Obviously, you like you said, you can upgrade him. That'd be great. Uh, but I think you can roll with that. You but you do in my opinion, need to upgrade two spots on this line at the minimum. At the minimum, you need two big-time upgrades. And not just like, oh, this guy is slightly better. Like, maybe Zach Banner's a bit better than Chooks Ford. No, that's not what we're talking about. Like, serious major upgrades. Like, Alan Fanica's, David DeCastro, Marquise Pouncey. These level of guys that are just going to come in and be anchors on that line, you need two of them. That's, that's my opinion on the offensive line. Yeah, to me, you have to, uh, like, to me, you, you need a center, right guard, right tackle. In my opinion, those those are the three you have to do. If you if you can upgrade your left guard spot, do it. Like, oh, wow. I, I don't okay. care if they, like, if the Steelers were able to, like, acquire, like, if they sat around, like, 60 million, because, like, that's relatively easy to do. Like, Zach Banner's getting cut, period. I, I, I see people talking about it. Uh, Tyson, uh, excuse me, uh, Stefan Tuitt. If he's not able to play football, you, you can't keep him around. That that would be a, a ton of cash there again. Uh, Joe Schobert, you, you restructure, you cut. You cut him, that's $9 bucks. You restructure, that's like about five. Or you just redo his deal. Like, there, there's ways yeah, to that's make this money. Um, I, yeah. No, but like for me, when you look at this, off, like I'm okay with spending the majority of this like huge amount of cap space they have on starters on the O-line. Like, yeah. No issue whatsoever. And then signing them to uh, like a length of deal that they'll start to expire at the end of the next rookie quarterback contract. 
Because yeah. when you don't have to pay your quarterback, you can have a great damn team. And then when that rookie quarterback is coming off their deal, then you draft a bunch of offensive linemen the, the year and the year before and the year of uh, their rookie deal expiring to have cheap, young, good offensive linemen around. That's the smart way to do this. They need to spend money on that old line now. It, that is the biggest issue. I like. I wouldn't be like. I would love for them to bring Juju back. I think he does come back on, on a on a like cheaper deal, like a, just because like his brand is so heavily involved in his image, and he's always going to make more money off the field than he could ever make on it, regardless of where he goes, uh, because of his gaming stuff and his dancing stuff. You like that guy's media th- career is going to make him millions on millions of dollars. Period. I think he comes back. I, I think you pretty much roll with the same receiving core, um, and, like. Obviously, James Washington isn't re-signing, but you bring in a vet and you try to bring in a speedster. And then when it comes to running back, you like they have to find a good RB two. Clearly, they don't have that guy behind Najee, but you can see that on other teams that have legit number one running backs. They still have a decent backup, and they're cheap because no one wants to pay a, a starter anymore. So like you can go out and find a, a decent RB two. Like you see Jarek McKinnon ripping the Steelers to shreds. That guy was a vet, yep. like minimum pickup in the middle of the season, like. They can go out and find these guys, and they just haven't been willing to do it. But aside from the O-line, aside from quarterback, what is the one thing? And, like, this is going to be our last question before we kind of sign off here. What's the one thing this offense needs uh, besides O-line and QB? That's it. To me, that's it. I I don't have a problem with this wide receiver core. I think they've got a good situation at tight end. I don't have a problem. I know know we can get into this. This could take time. But – I don't have a problem with Matt Canada. Honestly, what I saw this season was the play calling got worse when the offensive line couldn't run his stuff. When you had players in there, John Leglu came in and they just threw out half the playbook. And all of a sudden they're not running Matt Canada's plays that worked. We've seen Matt Canada's plays work in 2020 before the offensive line fell apart. We've seen him work in 2021 before the offensive line fell apart. I think, I want to see him with a quarterback that fits what he wants to do with, with, with a few more personnel added in that can do what he wants to do and give him, you know, put him in a good situation and give him a chance. No, exactly. That's <laughs> <laughs> the thing with Matt Hanna too. I know so many people want to just be like, this guy is a bad word that I'm not going to say on this, uh, this family channel. Um, and like, we want to move on from him. The Steelers' offense was devoid of talent. I don't care, like, how bad the play call. Like, name an offensive coordinator that, that would have done more with this offense. Like, it, it yeah. is historically bad for talent. Yeah, what would Andy Reid have done? Like, like, what does Andy Reid do with this offense? What would that flip screen pass have looked like with the Steelers' offensive line? I, I, I assure you either <laughs> Ben gets his head taken off or Najee Harris gets his ta- head taken off. Bro, the it would have been smell. It would have been on a low light reel at the end of the year, like oh, the dumbest plays of the year. Yeah, like am I wrong? No, like no, like, you're not wrong. Like like the the trick plays that, that teams run. If the Steelers tried that, they'd be losing twenty. Like they have no te- like the offensive line is so bad. You could you could easily say it's the worst offensive line in football. Ben Roethlisberger, you could argue gave the Steelers the worst quarterback play, especially especially the last four games of the year. Ben got bad. Like like I'm sorry, like. Once, once he announced, once it was kind of finalized, like yes, he start it leaked that he was retiring. His production went boom down. His film was bad. Everything was bad. I, I, I don't know if that kind of broke his in the momentness, and he started kind of like smelling the roses or something. It just, it just threw him off his game. I don't know what it was, but the minute they started leaking, he is going to retire. He was no good. And like you're, yeah, you're not getting anything out of anyone else. Like, I, like I'm sorry. Like, I, I'm, it, I'm cool with giving Matt Cannon one more. Like, I'm not losing sleep over him getting another year. It, like, if the Steelers actually invest in their offense and have good talent, and they suck, yeah, by all means, move on from the guy. Yeah. I, I'm of the believer that the Steelers are way too old in their coaching staff. Like Mike Tomlin, one of the youngest head coaches ever. When he was hired, he's still one of the younger head coaches in football. He's always had old coordinators and old positional coaches. I hate that. I want the coaching staff to get plucked on uh, by other teams, especially now with that uh, that NFL minority rule where you can pick mm-hmm. up third-round picks from having your coaches 
coaches being hired. Hire young guys. Like, why not? Like, some fresh blood. I think that's something the Steelers need to do and obviously something we can uh, talk on until we're both blue in the face. But I'm okay with Canada coming back so long as they actually invest dollars and draft picks into good players for this offense. And that's something they didn't have this year. They had no talent. And we, I, we can all be adults about it. We can look at it and be like, this offense sucked. Ben was bad. The O-line was bad. At times, the receivers were bad. Thank God they had Najee Harris, but that poor kid was getting crushed in the backfield because of how bad the offense was. Like, he had 1,200 yards. I don't know how. We are running a bit over time now, so it, it is time to sign off. But firstly, Jeffrey Benedict, do you have anything to plug for the people? Yeah, uh, we just – Dave Schofield and I had a vertex today about Juju Smith-Schuster and what he brought to the Steelers. I actually cover some stuff about Ben in there. I really I really liked what his film brought uh, in that game. I hope he sticks with the Steelers. Uh, but that one – and I've got a film room on – how the Chiefs blocked Cameron Hayward in that game and and what like how some of their blocking strategies were very interesting and what it meant for the Steelers. That's gonna be a, a good read. Uh that's what I got. Hey, looking forward to all of uh, Jeffrey's articles as they come out. Uh, you definitely learn some stuff when uh, you see something from uh old Fanta Skippy uh, pop up pop up across your screen but uh, before we sign out i do want to remind everyone to click over to behindthesteelcurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things pittsburgh steelers you'll find articles uh defending or uh, against any such topic uh <laughs> revolving around your pittsburgh steelers breaking down last week's playoff loss uh getting into some offseason stuff uh remembering ben roethlisberger's career you name it a ton of stuff is going to be available at behindthesteelcurtain.com 100 free for you so why not Click over to BTSC and uh, just uh, it's another outlet for you to uh, get all of your Pittsburgh Steelers fix. And especially in this this tough kind of era that we might be entering, it might be a little bit of therapy too, getting to be able to read some of uh, some of the ideas of fans just like you. And uh, lastly here, uh, make sure you're just checking out the entire podcast family from uh, Behind the Steel Curtain. If you're only watching on YouTube and Facebook, you still only get about a third of the story. So uh, wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, you name it, search Behind the Steel Curtain and you'll be able to get the entire family of BTSC podcasts. So once again, for my co-host, Jeffrey Benedict, my name is Michael Beck. Thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you guys next week. 